Welcome to Disrespectfully Agree with Oatman and LJ. I am LJ Cross. From me is Mr. Oatman. What's good, party people? On this week's episode, we will discuss the hit phenomenon, the latest from Steven Spielberg, Ready Player One, written by Zach Penn and Ernest Klein. Based on the novel by Ernest Klein, this film stars Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook. Ty Sheridan, you may recall from X-Men Apocalypse, he played Cyclops, the perfect man to play the most annoying, bland X-Man. <laughs> and Olivia Cook, you might recall from Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. This also stars T.J. Miller, Ben Mendelsohn, and Mark Rylance, who is uh, one of Spielberg's favorite actors to work with these days, collaborate with. You may have seen him in Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks. Quick recap of the film. It's uh, Willy Wonka, the action movie. Okay. <laughs> we'll start off with non-spoiler reactions. And then I'll clearly announce we'll dive into the spoiler section in case anybody hasn't seen it yet. What was your anticipation leading up to this film? Well, um, you know, the novel was, uh, you know, as fans will tell you, the, the, the novel was uh, such a um, such a fascinating world. You know, the, the first thing is, is pretty obvious. I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel here. The first thing you wonder for a, a film like this, can it encapsulate all that the book talks about and envisions in a two-hour movie? So the question is, can they achieve that goal of creating this entire sprawling world that is the book? The answer is always no. Yeah, the, the answer is usually no, but can they at least a, approximate something that's satisfying? There have been those who have at least approximated something close to satisfying. But did you want to see this film? Have, I, you, have you read the book? I did not, and I, I don't read. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I, yeah, I rarely read the book. I, I, every now and then, I may, every now and then, now and again, I may read uh, a book on tape or listen to a book on tape. Mm -hmm. But I did read about the book, and um, when I first saw the uh, trailer, I didn't want to see it. It just looked like a kids' movie to me, and it looked like a mess. I mean, just from I mean, so much was happening in the clip. It just looked like a total mess, and I was like, ugh, pass. Mm -hmm. But I was I was coerced by you and others. What do you mean? Yeah, this I, was not my choice. I'm putting it on you. No, no, no. This, is, this is in your bucket. Specifically, <laughs> we recorded a different episode, and at the end of it, you said, you know what we should do? Let's <laughs> yeah. go watch that Player One, Ready Player One. And uh, I to which I said, that do I, we have to? And I you remember said, yeah. you saying, Michael, get your black ass up, No, and we're going to see Ready Player One. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. No, no, no. That's not, that's not how it happened. That is not how it happened. Wow. I, I don't know why I remember it that way. Yeah, memory's funny. <laughs> You know what they say about America? It's like two countries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. There haven't been divisions at any point in our history until recently. I can't remember a single moment, a defining historical American moment, any time prior where maybe... That's where it happened, right there. Just, it was Ready Player One. That's the one that broke it. That broke the dam. All right. Well, America's over, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, when I watched it, I was like, ah, it's Steven Spielberg, so it's got to be kind of good, because he's, he's, his name did is Did you see Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I did. I did. And? Uh, I, I compare that to marital sex. Uh, that that was at the end of a long run of good like, stuff. Like as the divorce proceedings are yeah, continuing the pace? You almost got to give him a mulligan on that. I mean, uh, you give him a mulligan on that. That's one of those things that you kind of got to do. The fans want it. You got to continue it. The fans wanted Indiana Jones. They did not want the kingdom of the crystal skull. No, in other words, I'm just saying you could almost forgive a really shitty 
sequel. That that happens sometimes. All right, yeah, fine. So I'll give you a mulligan on that. But usually his name is attached to some quality, typically. Right. Even the stuff that yes. I don't like. Fair it, enough. It, it tends to be fair Absolutely. Enough. He is, a, if nothing else, he is a tremendously skilled uh, artist. Dude can tell a story. Uh, can tell a story. He's a craftsman uh, like few uh, have been. Yeah. Tremendous instincts, very creative, all those things. Yeah, he is sort of that classic example of the auteur who's 13 years old with the little movie camera. Mm-hmm. And he's running around making movies when he's 13. I mean, the he's legend the, of Spielberg is yeah. is uh, he, uh, legion. Yeah, he's that guy. And, and he really is that guy. And you can actually see it in the films that he that he makes, they almost feel handmade to me in some ways, even the larger spectacle pieces that he I would agree that used to be true. Hmm. The, ever since, since Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park was wonderful film. amazing. Wonderful. And it was one of the, still remains one of the best uses of CG, computer uh, animation. Absolutely. To tell a in, story. In the story. And the fact that it's seamless. It doesn't pop It's relatively out of the seamless. Story. And th- quite frankly, some of the best stuff in that movie was animatronic. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to that t- Tyrannosaurus Rex scene, most of what works there is the animatronics, not so much the CG. But in any case, since then, his reliance on CG and his use of it, I think, has gotten a little bit away from him. Examples. Well, unfortunately, I have to go to something like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The whole sequence in the jungle. Everything with the car that has the blades on it to get through yeah. the jungle and the and the monkeys and yeah, that was and bad. what's his name yeah, right. swinging with the monkeys. And you know, I think I had blocked that out. You're right, that was bad. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. it's just it's also it's besides how preposterous it is. It's just kind of a mess of imagery, just a, a jumble of things happening. It's kinetic as all hell and entertaining, I guess, in a way if you don't think about it. But to but, be fair, we have to say, what, when was that done? When was the time frame in which that was done? And even for somebody who's an auteur, we have to allot for them the ability to grow, the ability sure. to integrate a new technique, a new... But that leads us to The Adventures of Tintin, all CG animated. It's an animated film, Spielberg directed, and it's just... It, it, the characters are absent. They're just blank slates, and the action... It is incredibly uh, Rube Goldbergian in its <laughs> in its absurdity and visual splendor but it is absolutely just a mess and it's a cacophony of just nonsense at a certain point and i think that leads us into ready player 1 where it is a continuation of that ethos oof hmm. yeah we got to talk about that okay go ahead I, you know, I, I liked it. Uh, you know, I'm the guy that didn't want to see it. I'm the guy that I had fans of it telling me how excited they were and they couldn't wait to see it and they were just pumped as all get out. And I was like, that thing looks like a mess. Agreed. And then I went to go see it and I was like, you know what? I kind of like it. I mean, and, and, and I like it in the sense that I recognize its obvious flaws and some of those are just obvious. But but despite its flaws, I enjoyed it. It, it was a good Saturday matinee kind of film. It, it it had good energy to it. The storytelling is superb. There's nothing surprising here. There is no reinventing of the wheel. There's a lot of cliche in it. There are several moments that are just a little stupid, particularly towards the end. The ending is, um, and I'll be kind because it was just my birthday, the ending is bad. 
<laughs> Very kind of you. Thank you. That's, I'm sure I'll, they appreciate that. I'll be kind. It's a bad Those ending. Those kid gloves you're wearing. Yeah, it's it's a bad ending. Uh, but there were so many great moments in it. I mean, like I'll, what? Uh, the and we want without we, spoilers. Without spoilers? Yeah. Well, how do we do that? All right, that? we'll come back to that. We'll put a pin in that. Okay, let's put a pin in that. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll give a general statement. I like the reliving of many 80s tropes and how they were integrated into the fabric of the storytelling. And I like that game. Do you like that, that what they did with it, or do you just like that you're familiar with those 80 tropes? And that's kind of neat to see that again. Yeah, I like it on both levels. I like the fact that I was familiar with it, and then I like the fact that they actually wove it into the thread of the story and actually gave some of those scenes stakes. Usually when you see a scene like that, the idea is to get you lost in, in sort of remembering. It gets to get lost in the... Uh, the nostalgia of it. And, and, and that's the idea of it. He, he didn't do that here. And this is where the storyteller came in. He took those things and instead of rooting them in nostalgia, he rooted them into plot points where there were actually stakes. Like it actually mattered what was happening in that scene for the entire fabric of the story. Really enjoyed that. So I enjoyed it for the nostalgia, but I also enjoyed the story elements, which I thought were brilliantly woven in some of those moments. Thought it was really, really well done. I suppose, and I'll—I don't think this will count as a spoiler, but uh, there that are, means you're about to use a spoiler. There are moments in the book. Now, I've not—I've not read the book. I've read parts of the book and found the prose wanting. Uh, so very but, novelistic. I read a couple pieces too. Yeah, uh, very novelistic writing. I mean, uh, he glosses over a lot of pieces in the book, and I was like, wow, why was this such a great? Yeah, it's it, it's. It, it's not particularly well written from what I say. Now, to well, be, he, he now had never I'm written not, a book before. So. No, it, well, is that true? I'm yeah, not, this is the first thing he's ever written. Book. Okay. I mean, he wrote, he's a, he was, a, he wrote a screenplay before this and, uh, that was Fanboys. Uh, it was 2009 mm-hmm. about friends. One of the friends was dying of cancer. And so they said about their quest was to get an early edit of the Phantom Menace and, uh, so that he could see one last Star Wars movie before he died. The obvious joke is they should have just let him go. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> uh, they, but, did a, they did a nice uh, profile on him on uh, Sunday Magazine. Okay. And since I'm old now, I watch it religiously. Uh-huh. And it was, <laughs> it, was, it was a nice story about, you know, sort of that, that story that almost never happens where a guy writes one thing, sends it off, and he becomes a megastar overnight. Yeah, uh, I, there's, yeah, they're optioning more of his stuff. There'll be more from Ernest Klein in the future. Oh, yeah. But one of the things that bothers me conceptually about this story, and particularly in the book, is uh, part of the trials or what have you is to reenact scenes from movies that the creator liked. So it's things like war games. You just you just have to memorize the dialogue and the movements, and you redo those things. But I have a fundamental issue with the conceit of this movie, and that is what Ernest Klein has done is he's basically set up his childhood and his geek knowledge as the most important thing in the universe. That's unfair. And That's unfair. Okay, most important thing on the planet. That's unfair. And the creator of the Oasis is him. That's unfair. What he knows, his knowledge, and his memories, the things that he loves are the things that others should also love. 
And anything beyond that isn't relevant or important. I think that's unfair. I think that I think both the 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 book and the movie have more on its mind than that. I, I don't think this is about just being self-aggrandizing of what you like and don't like. I, th- I think it's a little. I think it's it's about more than that. Uh, and and I'm very critical of, of of many aspects of the movie, but I don't think that's what it's about. From what I understand, he made certain changes from the the book to the movie that I do think critically hurt it. Um, like what? Well, from what I understand, the protagonist in the book is fat ah. with bad skin. Ah, okay. Um, and to me, that makes a lot more sense. Sure. And it would make those scenes between him and the young lady play a whole lot differently. And, yes, and the, the young uh, so he's relatively attractive young guy, and and yeah. she is uh, she's uh, relatively attractive with a spot on her. She face. has a, a birthmark <laughs> that is that is nothing really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's a model with a spot on her yeah. face, uh, and, and he's a model whose hair has been roughed it's up. It's the new version of oh, she took off her glasses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like let's put her hair up and uh, put her in glasses, and she's a nerd. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god, uh, it's it's just a it's absurd. And so yeah, it's it. It falls to the classic Hollywood. No, everybody has to be attractive. Exactly. Um, and, and 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 at times I'm okay with that, except in times in which it actually cuts tension from the story. And in this case, him being fat with bad skin, that actually adds stakes and tension to the story. It makes, to the real world story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It makes that play out different. And when they meet, there's a different tension there yes. that's not there because he's such a good looking guy. And, and so is she. And so is she. A good looking girl. Yeah, yeah. Two, two models looking at each other. That's different than, hey, we use our avatars to project a self that we are not. It's much less honest. It's much less version. honest and much less tension. Like, if you got some fat kid with some young lady who's really kind of a little uh, tough to look at with her face, and then they meet. Or, you know, just normal looking people. Yeah, or normal looking. You know. Yeah, or normal looking. Just but, average, like that's who people... That's, but even a dip above, below average would be nice. And sure. I think that makes that scene, man, it has a lot more meaning. If they then can find a connection. Yes, absolutely. Despite it all, then that's a different story. Like if, if they have that connection beyond the avatar, beyond exactly. the artifice of what they believe should be is attractive in a sense what steven spielberg has done is he's created an avatar beyond the avatar so you have these two <laughs> avatars that are yes. that are talking to each other and just two life-size avatars they're better up. looking in the real world <laughs> yeah, exactly. than in the they actually are more attractive than yeah, their avatar that's not right that's, that's an, no <laughs> that, that's not <laughs> that's right it's a fundamental problem <laughs> <laughs> from what I hear from the fans also, a uh, good good buddy of mine, Jamie, was, was hipping me to some of this. Uh, some of the trials are far too easy as well. Absolutely. Uh, just going, just, yeah, okay. It, it yes. aren't really trials. No. <laughs> not really. I mean, a little, yeah, not really. Not uh, really. So I guess we need to jump into spoilers now. Spoiler territory. This is the uh, moment to pause and come back if you need to. Or if you don't care, as spoilers maybe, in this bitch, as maybe you shouldn't with this film, uh, <laughs> stick with us. All right, the trials. The first one is go backwards. <laughs> Drive your car backwards. Drive your car backwards, and everything will be fine. Yep, that's it. Awesome. The second one is jump around on some dead bodies, right? And just yep. s- say say to a lady, "Hey, a lady." Uh, hey, hey, lady. 
<laughs> exactly. And then the third. And to give you a little more context oh, to that, they're, right. they're these, they're like floating. They're floating, yeah. Okay. They're, they're it is float- more difficult than. Yeah, they're floating bodies in space and, and they need to, to get a young lady so they can dance with her because they're creative. And before we jump to the third, uh, this, the, the lead up to that trial, you loved. That oh, is God. all of the Shining stuff. Oh, they, was, they, they visit Shining Land. It's it, like an, it was outstanding. It's like the best Disney oh, uh, theme best. park you could imagine if you're a Stanley and, Kubrick and, fan. And to put it even, give it more detail, essentially the characters uh, fall into the world of the Shining. And, and I think they do something really brilliant, which I really loved, which is they made it so that one of the people, part of the group, there's sort of a group of people that are going through this journey together, one of the people uh, played by uh, what's the young lady's name who did the shy uh, Lena something or other it is Lena, I don't have it here sorry I think her name is Lena Waite maybe or Lena something and and uh, she is a um, really wonderful writer who does who's responsible for the show uh, the shy she recently I think won a Golden Globe or something some some high level award and basically they make her the surrogate for those people who don't know what the shining is mm-hmm. so although we all know the shining, they give us this character who doesn't. And so there's this tension of dramatic irony because we have this this person going through The Shining who doesn't know the obvious stuff that we all know. Mm-hmm. No, don't hug the lady in the bathtub. Yeah, don't go into room, <laughs> you know, 240, whatever. Yeah, don't chase the twins. No, twins bad. Stay away from elevators. <laughs> yeah, stay away from For the, the love blood. of God. <laughs> yeah, the, the elevator filled with blood. And so that, I just thought that was By the way, I hated it. The, that's another animated moment that I found obnoxious was the, was the, the river of blood. River of blood was great. It, uh, it was just. It turned into like a like a, the River Wild. All of a sudden, it's just uh, the River of Blood is one of the best things in the movie. Wow. That, that was outstanding. That was, and no, had, the, and, the lead up to it, but it's the actual like floating down the river and under grabbing on the wall. Middle, it's just and, uh, and then when it floats to us, like almost as though into the camera as she's being washed away by this river of blood, and she's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Uh, Oofa. Nah, it's just another animated to nonsense. <laughs> just. I I thought that was great. I really did. I thought the axe through the door. I thought we might even get. A I really to, wanted to see Jack. That's what I thought. I thought we were going to get. Oh, wouldn't that have been so great? Jack Nicholson. We did see uh, like somebody rambling. You know, there was a brief shot of a Jack Nicholson character, not his face, but like yeah. a body from behind. We see him limping with the axe, and then that goes away, and it's just uh, it turns into Axe World. And and there were a few moments like that that I thought was good. I love Chucky jumping out and jumping in the car and attacking attacking people on the battlefield. I thought was I, really yeah. Well it was done. funny. I, I just can't get over the thing where it's kids at that time. I guess they it's their job to know all of this stuff, but it's just it, I it stretches credulity for me that anybody knows at that time who the hell Chucky is. They. It, the 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 lead character he dresses up as Buckaroo Banzai and says it's his favorite film. At the time, Buckaroo Banzai was a bad film. There's a handful of nerds out there. It was there a good that, bad film. There are a handful of nerds out there that think it's amazing and one of these great film. things. It's unwatchable. There's a difference between a bad and film the idea and a campy film. It's campy, but also bad. It's <sighs> it's unwatchable, and the idea that any kid in the future's favorite movie. Will be Buckaroo Banzai 
Absolutely not. Of course there'll be a person in the future that... But nobody else is going to say, oh, Buckaroo Banzai, awesome, well done. You'd have to explain... That kid has to explain this everywhere he goes. I mean, at a certain point, and I hate to bring this up because it's really relevant, but when something resonates the way this has, that might be proof that there is an audience out there that's resonating to just that very thing. They're, They're resonating to it. I mean, this thing is not being made by Steven Spielberg because it bombed. It's being made by Steven Spielberg because it hit a chord and, and just, set on fire. People are reacting to it. Young people are reacting to it. That means that it's resonating with some community of young people. Okay. <laughs> so that, 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 is, that is its own But you evidence. think they're going to get into Buckaroo Banzai? Certainly. Certainly. I think, I think there, are, there are a certain set of people that love to like things just because other people don't know it and like it. That literally gets their, their rocks off. Yeah, but is those are they, bad people. <laughs> You know, to some degree, we are those people. I know, I know. know I, I knew the irony of saying it immediately. I was, I was completely aware. I was, ho- I was hoping you wouldn't call me on it. So, yeah. But I am well aware that I am the monster. You know, I've hoisted myself in my own petard here. So yeah, there's an audience for that. I am Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde at the same time. So that brings us to trial three, which I don't even remember. What was that? Oh, oh okay. Um, Here's trial three. This is the thing that bothered me the most. It's adventure, right? Yes. Yeah. The 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 conceit of the final Easter egg is go to Death Mountain or whatever and play old Atari games. And they're all there and everybody's trying it and they think it's going to be an adventure. And it uh, turns out, yes, it is, but nobody knows that except for our main character. The only problem is, I've been a lifelong gamer. I'm, I, Atari was before my time, but... Thanks for that, LJ. Sorry. You bastard. Well... I remember taking my 2600 out of the box. You, did you play Adventure back in the day? Of course. Okay. I, I, I was more of a Pitfall guy. Sure. <laughs> I played, uh, to be fair, I played Pitfall 2 on a PC Junior. Oh, wow. Do you remember those things? I do. Uh, my dad picked up one of those. They were better. Sure. Uh, more, much more expensive. <laughs> um, and uh, I had to learn how to like do stuff in DOS just to get certain games to work. <laughs> I was I don't know how old. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just typing in like whatever I could, you know, figure out. No internet. I don't know what the hell boot disks I had to create somehow. Oh my God. I don't even know how I did it. Um, <laughs> in any case, so adventure is. If you're in the gaming scene, you're likely to know that Adventure is the most famous houses, the most famous Easter egg of all time in video games. Mm-hmm. And the idea that anybody who has steeped themselves in that culture and has access to the Internet would not know that is absurd. Did the Internet just go away? It just The Oasis is all there is now, and they... Only oh, have books. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I think <laughs> I, I don't know. No, to be fair, I'm. This is a huge nit to pick. Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah, but it bothered me. Well, I get it, but I mean, you know, for me, who I didn't know about that Easter egg, did not. No. Yeah. Of course not. Well, of course you didn't, because no. you're not hip and cool like I am. You're not. You're not a gatekeeper. <laughs> you aren't. Uh, you aren't uh, uh, Anorak Holiday or whatever the guy's name is. I will uh, Mark admit. Rylance. I am Rylance, sir. Yeah, I am the gatekeeper <laughs> of all that is important knowledge. And you do not belong in the Oasis. You do not get to participate in my game. 
And it's the sad part is I've come to the part of my life where I don't know if I'm just ignorant or I just forgot. It really is a 50-50 flip. Sure. I, I might have known and forgotten it. So I didn't I didn't know that. But, you know, I, I think it's okay. I think it works fine. I, you know, there's a small group of people. No, sure, it doesn't matter. It's, but I right. can understand that there is <laughs> a group does. of people that that would be a really annoying to. Um, yeah. A, it, core, it, a core amount of people that would be like, that's just The not thing smart. that's happening out on the internet now is if you are into games, yeah, it's, it's the, not, the less you know about games, the more likely it exactly. is you'll enjoy this movie. Because it's not smart. It's not smart for that well, audience. Well, to be fair, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to paint gamers as smart. <laughs> well, smart in terms of... It's not right. that they're dumb. It's, it's just like it's not, it's gaming not, doesn't make you smart. It's not smart writing in the sense that it, it doesn't... It's not aware enough of yeah, it's the not thing aware and it's knowledgeable enough talking about, yeah. about what it's talking about in that sense. Or it doesn't care, it, or it's trying, not trying to be. Yeah. It, it's more likely that they're not making it for gamers. They're making I it agree. for everybody else. And they need to bring in the people who don't know any of this stuff in along with them. Fair enough. Let's talk about the ending. You hate it. I just thought it was bad. I, I just thought it was bad. You pointed out, which is... Let me, yeah, all right. So here's my thing. Yeah. The, the, so the bad guy... Uh, He's pointing a gun. Uh, ben Mendelssohn uh, plays Sorrento. By the way, what does that company do? I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. They. Yeah, no idea. You want to know what they do? What? And this is in the book. I, d- I actually called my sister, and, and she's read the book. And I was like, so what's... She's explaining to me like what things that that are explained in the book and never come up in the movie. What they do is they make the, the way they make their money is they make things, they make objects and avatars and whatever for the oasis. That's where they make their money, uh, and they sell those things. Had um, no clue. Yeah, of course not. They just were standing in as the big evil corporate. Yes, exactly. Interest. They're just big bad evil. Blah blah blah. Exactly. Because um, they want to turn the oasis into an advertising extravaganza. So that guy, he goes to find the real world hero in a van. He's got his gun, and uh, he's a monster. And he he sees he and he's murdered the, people. He's murdered people up to this point. He's ordered murder in the film. And he opens the door, and we see what's his kid's name? Ty Sheridan Wade. We see him in the suit receiving the ultimate golden Easter egg. And his suit emits this golden light from his hands. His heart is changed. The bad guy's heart <laughs> He's melts. mesmerized. He's but, mesmer- he, but his it, heart hasn't changed. It grows three sizes that day. The moment he saw yellow light is when he decides, <laughs> you know what? I've been going about all this murder business all wrong. <laughs> There's light. Holy crap. You know what I've never seen before is yellow light. And I got to tell you, I like it. I like it. It's what I've been missing. Yeah, it makes no sense. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to turn this whole thing around. Everything I've been working toward this whole movie for nefarious purposes. (laughs) It's my reason for being. You know what? Throw it out. But then they throw him in the police car, and we get the sense that he really he hasn't changed. Of course not, because <laughs> because no, no because it doesn't work. It, it, it's ridiculous. It's almost like he changes because he needs to for the ending of the film. I mean, all those, of course, and and all those people that are there to stop him from doing what he's going to do. He just brandishes a gun, and they all just part like the Red Sea. So that he can have his heart moved and Nobody changed. grabs him, even though he's no. walking through a crowd. They could just really of rush him and throw him to the ground, but no. I, it, I, yeah, it, it's a bad ending. And then and what, what, I, what I do respect about the film, though, 
is that, you know, most people would have ended there and just say, okay, we got a bad ending. This tax like like two or three bad endings oh, okay. onto this ending. So it yep. ends three times, each one worse than the one before it. All right, what's the next one? So then the next scene is essentially um, uh, the, the Simon Pegg character. Oh, yeah. By the way, wasn't he out of the company? Yeah. It was clear to me, as best yeah. as I could tell, he was not involved with the company. And wrong. here he was handing over the keys to the company. Yeah. How? So Simon, How does that happen? Simon Pegg and Wade have this moment where they're talking, and it was like, you know the whole movie that we built the entire premise around? That's all bullshit. <laughs> About him uh, be believing that his worst defeat was the fact that he didn't kiss a girl that he loved or didn't take the chance on love. No, that's... that's... It was saying goodbye to his friend. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, that's stupid. That's That's far less interesting. And it's stupid, and it comes from nowhere, and it invalidates all of everything the stuff we've seen. We've seen before that. That's all just bullshit we were doing. So that's stupid. I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess you could. I, I think you can draw some lines between those because to be I don't know. To be fair, the the first thing going backwards you could say is yes, go backwards in his relationship with his friend, the girl. You could also say is uh, uh, this connection to his friend, which you know inval- makes. The girl, obviously, no longer a human being and more of a prop, yeah, just I mean, in his relationship yeah. with another man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess. I mean, if you want to build a movie around that, you know, oh, man, I lost my friendship with my dude. I'm, okay, I guess. I mean, <laughs> but you kicked him out of the company. That's you. You yeah, did that. Yeah, I mean, it just makes no sense. So that that's the second But yet he's thing. not out. Yeah, he's not out. And he's in. And, and then that's a bad ending. So I'm like, oh, that's stupid. And that's that's almost worse than the golden light egg moment. And so then we go from that. No, the egg moments. Wait, no, no the golden worse. light. Okay. No, at least with the with the golden light, we at least had a gun. You just look at his face. He's just it's so the light's so pretty. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, they're both awful. But I'm saying the one the moment with him and and it's just he just loved his friend. That just I, I literally was like, that's so awful. <laughs> It's stupid. <laughs> and it was like Disney-esque. I was like, oh. Yeah, I guess. That's just bad. Right. So then they go from that. Part three of the ending. And then, then, then we get to the third ending where, oh, and I end up with the girl, too. Mm-hmm. See? I'm not like that guy. I decided dating chicks is much better. Uh, okay, I guess. Well, there's that. But there's also <laughs> the thing where they shut down the Oasis yeah, for yeah, two days that's, a week. That's all part of that. Yeah, that yeah. We've learned a lesson. We need to get off the computer. No, bro. no, no. Yeah, but here's the problem with that. You can get off the computer because you have a trillion, billion, million gazillion dollars you have this awesome house and uh you and your friends have all the money in the world remember everybody else but remember that, their life that wasn't even my issue with it my issue with it is is that i hate it when the writer actually appears on screen and says oh, stop the picture I need to deliver a message to you. Oh, now. yeah. Here's the message portion of my film. And then, please open your throat. I have a funnel here. Everything we've been aggrandizing <laughs> yeah. and, and deifying yeah. as amazing and great. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You shouldn't enjoy that. You shouldn't enjoy that. I'm going to shove this funnel down your throat <laughs> so I can pour this message down your throat. Why don't you go hug a girl and get off the computer? I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But can we be more subtle? I mean, can we be more ambiguous? I guess. Can it be a natural arc? Not, I mean, these, no, these, this, this is not the movie these, that's going to do that. This is not these people. That's not Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson isn't going to get off the computer for a couple days. Like, that's, oh, I forgot his name's Wade Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> 
total bullshit. I didn't buy it because that's not a natural arc for that character. There it's are, Spielberg. Is there what are it times is. where I've written plays because uh, when we're not here nerding out, we're both playwrights. So there are times when I'm writing a play and somebody will come up and say, man, I really hated the ending of that play. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll look them back in, in their eyes and say, you know what? I hated it too. I wish it was a happier ending myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the arc didn't allow for that. Yeah. This is the way those characters kind of had to end. If I would have ended it anywhere else, it wouldn't have been true to those but characters. But that is not Spielberg's instinct. No. If he, if he has a failing, that's it. He did the same thing in Color Purple. In the West wasn't his fault because that was that was partially Alice Walker, but you have basically Mister, who's a piece of shit the entire film. Yeah. He's beating people, yeah. raping, mm-hmm. but at the end he's like, "Hey, let me go get the money and get her family back together." Bullshit, <laughs> total bullshit. <laughs> that's that's not a real arc. People don't change like that, or at least not that radically. I don't buy it. I don't think it, it works dramatically. And and, they, and he does the same thing here where I'm like, the fuck out of here. Yeah. I don't buy that. I don't buy that from him. I don't buy that from his girlfriend where they're basically. And especially not pull, the villain. Oh, my God. Stop it. Of the piece. Yeah. They all have these unnatural arcs that don't make sense. He, Spielberg is a slave to his crowd pleasing sensibilities. Absolutely. I agree uh, with that. And, uh, and to. Ultimately, this movie feels like a movie. It, I don't think it's a movie he wanted to make. I don't think it's a f- story he wanted to tell. I think it's a story he thought other people wanted to see. No, I disagree with that. I think he wanted to get back on the train. I think he wanted something fast-paced, hip, slick. I think he wanted to tell this kind of story and get back in the fight. I think he wanted to be hip again. It's like when your when your damn mama decided she wants to listen to Cardi B. Yeah, but that doesn't work. You want to be hip again? I agree. It's not. It doesn't work. I agree. It could be problematic. I agree with that. <laughs> I think this was a film for a younger director, and that's unfair. But I think yeah. this was a film for a younger director with a younger vision. I think he's almost implement- the, the issue. One of the issues is the the nostalgia that the movie and the book so aggrandizes. Spielberg is largely responsible for. He made that kid's childhood. He made Ernest Cly's childhood in so many ways. Fair point. And now Spielberg's making, he's regurgitating his own influences? Fair point. That's weird. Well, it's not only weird, it's... um, Incestuous? It's incestuous, but I think it, it ultimately can't work. I don't think you can regurgitate your own history. You can't react to it in the same way. You can't deconstruct yeah. it. I mean, in, to be fair, it, I think there's more in the book that is a Spielberg-centric, and I think he wanted to take a, a lot of that out. Fair point. Um, but there's still plenty in there that's Spielberg. I was still wonder why they changed from the book. Like in the book, which I thought was an interesting choice they made in the movie, for some reason, they took a lot of the technology and put it outside. Because in the book, from what I understand, they almost are, are all homebound. And we get all of these street scenes where people are walking along the oh, streets yeah. with these head things. And I think that changed the feel of the movie. I it wonder does. What, that, what, it, what that decision was about. I think it's just visual. I think it's just Spielberg right. wanted to make, yeah, it, make it more right. a visual thing. That that works a lot better than a bunch of people sitting yes, in their house absolutely. being 500 pounds and it, it, shut in. And it and it also leads to the dichotomy of uh, it, it, one of your favorite scenes, of mine actually. The funniest moment in the movie is actually when all the little minions at Evil Corp are trying to make it through Shining World. 
<laughs> I love that scene. That is a great little. I mean, it's like a, you know, ten seconds or whatever, but it is delightful. It is. It's 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 a wonderful scene. But seeing the Halo soldiers and then just humans on the street running down the street, they're going to get run over, or they're going to run into a wall in the real world. It doesn't work. I mean, none of the VR stuff works. Notice all this. All the, they have to actually move their bodies, <laughs> but they do things in the VR world that would require them to do crazy stuff that physically doesn't work based on most of the way that their rigs are set up. Good point. It, 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 yeah, it, it, regard, you're not supposed to worry about that. It doesn't matter. It's a movie. But the last thing I want to say about the film is it's nice to hear... I, I had the impression that we had an Alan Silvestri score here. I didn't look it up before uh, we saw the movie. But there were moments here and there I was like, somebody is doing a damn good Alan Silvestri impression. And it was Alan Silvestri. And it was Alan Silvestri <laughs> of Back to the Future fame, uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, worked with Zemeckis a lot. Lately, his scores have not been particularly memorable, and I don't think this one is either. But there were those moments where I heard that classic Silvestri like sting. Or that there were a couple of notes that were just... I mean, you could say he's plagiarizing himself in ways, but, man, it was good to hear. That was the nostalgia for me. That's what worked for me. That's what hit my dopamine... The dopamine center of my brain was those... Oh, that's a little... It was, it was not the old Silvestri. It was him doing... He's kind of playing himself as a younger composer <laughs> in a way, which is also weird for him to do, just as it is for Spielberg. But oddly, it made me, I guess that made me feel like, man, you know, I wish, let's, let me go back and watch some of those old Sylvester scored movies, because this one's not working. I also have to um, check in, uh, I would have to check this out, but from what I understand, and, and I, if I'm incorrect, please somebody call me and correct me, but I believe from what I was told in the book, the the, the character played by the uh, young lady who was African-American and lesbian, mm-hmm. I think her avatar in the book is either white or blonde or something opposite oh. what she looks like. Interesting. And in the book, that plays as somebody who is, in some ways, rejecting her own ethnicity right. in order to project a more uh, dominant culture look. Right. And that would have been a really interesting kind of wrinkle in the film. I understand why there's not time to... To yeah, have that's that a com- very complicated. That's issue a complicated conversation. That this movie isn't up to, <laughs> but but that would have been an interesting thing because I, I do like the scene where they're meeting in the real world and they have to figure out who's who and why. Yeah. I thought that was that was nicely done, and there there are a couple little scenes like that. I, I love those scenes. I thought those were good. Better business. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Google Play. Check us out at disagreepodcast.com. Subscribe whatever software you use. And drop us some reviews. We'd love to see some reviews on the iTunes, the Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. And we'll talk at you next week. Peace and chicken grease. Peace and chicken grease.